Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Healing Courageously. Well, this month is National Child Prevention, I'm sorry, National Child Abuse Prevention Month. National Child Abuse Prevention Month. So, remainder of this month, uh, every Monday, we'll be releasing a podcast that's going to be around the subject of Child Abuse Prevention Month. So, and it just happens to be one of my favorite Toppers because I grew up as a abuse, I'm an abuse, a thriving abuse survivor, survivor, thriving survivor, and um, so this is just really hits home with me. And I've got, I started a foundation, the Courageous Healers Foundation, as a result of it. Now my foundation does stem mostly around the sexual abuse of men and and also of women and the healing of the, for those men. But, however. My abuse consisted of sexual, physical, emotional, and spiritual abuse. So we'll be touching on a little bit of all of that over the course of the next month, what it is, statistics, and so on and so forth. So let's start off by talking about what is abuse. What is abuse? Okay. And the definition of, of abuse, all right. Abuse of any type occurs when someone has power over another and uses that power to hurt. Physical abuse means that someone exercises physical power over another, causing physical wounds. Sexual abuse means that someone exercises sexual power over another, resulting in sexual wounds. And spiritual abuse happens when a leader with spiritual authority uses the authority to coerce, control, or exploit a follower, thus causing spiritual wounds. Now, that's one type of, of spiritual abuse, and I'm going to touch on the second type here in just a second. Um, remember, you got to remember this, that abuse has nothing to do with sex or physical or spirits. It, has a, it all has to do with power over their victims. That's all. It's all about power. When you think about sexual abuse, it has nothing to do with sex. It has about. It's all about having power over their victims to control them. Same thing with spiritual. Same thing with with physical or emotional. It's all about exerting their power over another individual so they can control them in some way, fashion, or form. When we talk about spiritual abuse, there's the two types. As the the, the one was. Um, what I just explained, spiritual abuse happens when a leader with a spiritual authority uses the authority to coerce, control, or exploit a follower, thus causing spiritual wounds. Now, that, that, that authority doesn't have, to own, doesn't have to be a pastor. It could be a pastor, a youth pastor. It could be a father, a mother, a grandmother, a grandfather, an uncle, an aunt, a teacher, uh, a brother, a sister, anybody that, ex- that, that exerts their power over another uh, human being 
to control them is causing abuse. Okay, it's causing abuse. The second type, and I think this is probably the most damaging, um, is the minute that we're abused, the spirit of the child within us is assassinated. And most, most perpetrators will, will tell you when you ask, what did I do to the perpetrator, besides whatever they did physically, is they assassinated their character. So the, the minute that we're abused, the child's spirit has been assassinated. And in, the, in most cases, not all, but in most cases, that child will likely never be the same again. Now, does that mean for the rest of their life they'll never be the same again? Um, no. If they get the proper help, it, it won't. Um, there's children that get help right away, and those children can go, go on to have a healthy life. There's a lot of people like myself that continually were abused for, I, my mind started when I was 12 and then ended when I was 17, just the sexual abuse and the emotional abuse, but the physical abuse and thus the emotional abuse and thus the spiritual abuse probably continued until I was 20 until I finally just cut myself off from my stepfather and my mother so I wouldn't have to continue getting that abuse. So just because somebody was abused doesn't mean they're going to have a terrible life. There is hope. There's possibility that that child, if they get help at a young age, can have a pretty healthy life. Even people like me, you know, I was 49 when I started my recovery journey. I was able to get help and turn my life around. Do a 180 degree spin on my life where um, I'm no longer playing a victim role. Now, does that mean that every day I'm, I'm okay? No, I mean, I'm a human being just like everybody else, and, and, and life has its ups and downs, and the, di the difference is, is that I just meet life on, on life's terms. It's that simple, and, and I don't use anything to mask it. I talk about my feelings, and I talk about my emotions, but I had to learn how to do that. How did I learn how to do that? With mentors. With mentors that loved me, taught me, how to be a, a good father and a good husband, um, which I thought I was, and for the most part, my kids will tell you, Dad, you're a great father. You just, you know, have some issues going on in your life for a period of time. And then there's a lot of work that we have to do. Okay, so those those are the two types of spiritual abuse, and I the first one is probably the, probably the most damaging. Um, the other one was somebody uses their spiritual authority over you that can come that can be overcome i believe fairly easy if you address it sooner than later and i'll be honest we did that abuse is probably my deepest scar that i have because i waited 38 years to start addressing it and i'm dealing i deal with it almost on a, on a weekly daily basis um today working through the issues that that caused okay so let's talk about some statistics. And uh, <clears throat> you can go to my website, um, courageousheaters.org, or I can send you the PowerPoint um, that this is all derived from. So all my, all my statistics all come from different sources. Um, so the United States has one of the worst records among industrialized nations. Losing an average of five children every day 
to child abuse and neglect. Five to losing means dead. Five children every day, an average of five children every day. In 2020, there were about 618,399 victims of child abuse in the United States. In that year, about 297,352 boys were abused across the country. Additionally, 319,230 girls were the victims of child abuse in that same year. That's a lot of kids. And if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, well, 300 million people, 319,000. It's still a lot of people. still a lot of kids. Some people might say, well, it's just a you know, drop, in the, drop in the bucket. Well, if one child, if one child is suffering, that's one too many. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for any child to be abused or neglected in any way, especially in the free world of America, let alone the rest of the world, okay? In 2020, the child abuse rate for children aged less than one year old stood at 25 to 1, indicating that 25.1 out of every 1,000 newborn children in the United States were victims of child maltreatment. That's sad. Again, I don't care if it's one, it's too many. But 25.1 out of every 1,000 newborn children in the United States were victims of child maltreatment. A defenseless child that was born into this world wasn't his choice. Her choice has been maltreated. This was the highest rate of child abuse among all age groups in that year. It decreased to 11.2 per 1,000 by the age of 1 year old, and then by the age of 17, it decreased to 3.6 per 1,000. So it steadily goes down according to the statistic I got. All these statistics statistics were published by Statista Research Department, January 26, 2022. Okay. According to Dr. Vincent Ionelli, MD, 9.2 in every one... Oh, I'm sorry, that's... That's something that shouldn't have been there. I already talked about that. I apologize. Approximately 70% of children that die from abuse are under the age of four. 70% of the children that die from abuse are under the age of four. That is sad. That's a lot of children. 70%. And that's according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. About 30% of abused and neglected children will later abuse their own children, continuing the cycle of violence. 30%. That's a scary number. All right. And I I can tell you this, that, you know, all the time I hear people, you know, with, with, with perpetrators and Maybe there's something on social media. Maybe there's something on whatever it is. And the comments that come out of people, well, just kill them. They deserve to die. They, I mean, there's so much hate going out. And, and, and I would say, I would go out on a limb and say that those people that are talking that much hate have probably been abused themselves. And the only way they know how to release their anger is at another perpetrator 
and wishing them dead. You gotta remember that hurt people hurt people. And if you're in any way a Christian, in any way, whether it's Catholic, whatever it is, right? You gotta forgive people. And I know, I've heard it a thousand times, Randy, you're crazy, how can you forgive anybody that would do that to you? Well, for 38 years I didn't. And what made it, what made my life better was the day that I fully forgave my mother and my stepfather. I mean, fully forgave them. Held no more um, resentment, no more anger. For 38 years on a daily basis, I fought on my stepfather's assassination in my head. That went away. So, those that are continuing the violence have either, well, those that are continuing the violence have, have more, more than likely, 30% of them have been abused themselves, whether sexual, physical, emotional, or spiritual. Well, I've learned behavior. And they've had nobody along the, the course of their life to say, hey, you might want to look at what you're doing and the harm you're causing other people because it's not right. What was done to me? Well, I understand that. It was done to me too, but I didn't go out perpetrating the same stuff on, on my kids and, and family and friends. So we have to, everything that happens to us, everything we go through in life is either, it's either a lesson, right? Or we got and we got to learn from it. What are we going to learn from it? Good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, one of the biggest lessons I've learned from people that treated, you know, treated me like crap and employers that didn't know, you know, didn't treat employees good was how not, what not to do, what not to be. Every person we run across, whether for a minute, a day, a month, whenever, however long, is a teacher and everything that happens to us is a lesson. What are you going to take away from it? Worldwide, approximately 40 million children the age of 15, below the age of 15, are subjected to child abuse each year. 40 million children are subjected to child abuse each year. That's astounding. That's a lot of kids. And that's all sorts of abuse, from the spiritual abuse, emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. That's a lot of kids. Studies from many countries in all regions of the world suggest that up to 80 to 98% of children suffer physical punishment in their own homes, with a third or more experiencing severe punishment resulting from the use of implements. And God only knows what kind of implements people can use. There's some sick people out there. World Health Organization, that comes from the, from the World Health Organization in 2001. Physical violence is often accompanied by psychological violence. Of course it is. Insults, name-calling, isolation, rejection, threats, emotional indifference, and belittling are all forms of violence that can be determined, that can be detrimental to a child's well-being, especially when it comes from a, from a respected adult such as a parent. That's from the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization in 2005. So all, all this abuse is, is, has detrimental and long-lasting effects on, on children, especially if it's a continual cycle of abuse. One time, you know, some people make mistakes and, and they, they, 
They might call their kid a name one time and say, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And it's never repeated again. They actually show them that they're not whatever they called, whatever they called that child. You know, so it, it's a lot of it depends on the continued behavior or the continued, does the abuse continue or does it not, not continue? Emotional abuse may be more devastating than physical abuse. And, and I know this for a fact. A child's physical cuts and bruises usually heal quickly, but the emotional cuts and bruises take a long time to heal. Emotional abuse is very difficult for the victim to recognize. If it is occurring on a day-to-day -day basis, you may see it as normal behavior. That's the International Center for Assault Prevention Teen Cap Manual. So, if you're living in it, you just think it's normal behavior, you think you're being picked on, that you know this happens in every family, you won't see it as any kind of abuse. But the reality is, is emotional abuse will tear you apart. It tears at your heart, it tears at the soul of who you are, it tears at, it tears at that spirit, that spirit child within inside of you that's already been assassinated, and it just keeps on getting assassinated. So, you know, if you're out there, well, you know, I'm just telling him he's stupid, he should be smarter than that. Those are, those are, those are, Vile words to be telling a child, right? No child is stupid. They just probably need a little bit of help, and that's okay, you know? Maybe you were called stupid growing up all the time. That doesn't mean it's okay to call your child stupid. It's like they say, 30% of, 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 you know, um, perpetrators or 30% of, of survivors, they'll go on to... to, to um, 30% of abused and neglected children will later abuse their own children. Learn behavior. It doesn't mean it's all right. I had an example with a guy in our treatment center one time, and he was saying, well, my dad beat me and called me names and blah, 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 and I'm okay. I go, hmm, really? I go, let me see. You just got out of a two-year two stint in prison. You're in a drug rehab facility. You want to maybe rethink what you just said? And he was, and he, and he was willing to take a little walk with me through time, and he ended up sinking in his chair because it come down to how did you feel when your dad was treating you like that? And he sunk in his chair. I said, "Now do you want your children to feel that way?" And no, he was sad. He was. It woke him up. So now what I want to do is I want to talk about sexual abuse. No one that you know, no one wants to either talk about it or acknowledge that it even happens, right? And this is this is pretty much the truth. This, don't say nothing. Push underneath the rug. Don't. We don't want to disturb the family, the family dynamic here. Don't say nothing. Uncle Johnny's such a you know, or you know, he's he's he, he might be on a city council, or he might be a police chief, or he might be a fire chief, or he might be this, or he might be that, or he might be a pastor. Don't say nothing. So here's the statistics, and I, I will say this about sexual abuse statistics. This is my this is what I really love to do, is work with and educate people on this, and it's part of this child prevent child abuse month. These statistics I found have been all over the map, and there's really no very current statistics. I want to quote a bunch, and then what I've seen out there is. I will say what I've seen personally in, in the work I do 
it's one in two, 50% of almost every man and, and, and woman have been sexually abused before the age of 18. But I'll go over, over what the statistics say, and I'll show you. According to the Lisa Project in 2010, one in three girls and one in four boys are sexually abused before the age of 18. One in three and one in four. That's a lot of kids before the age of 18. According to uh, one, in, it's a, it's a, an organization called one it's one in six org. They say that one in six boys before the age of 18 are sexually abused. Okay, so there's two contradictory right right off the bat. And that's from Jim Hopper, and that and that comes from a statistic taken back in 1996, and Jim and Jim Hopper, PhD, Sexual Abuse of Males. That's his book. A study released in 2005 by Johnson et al. found and found that 59%, one in 1.7 of their samples had been sexually abused. 100% of abuse victims had reported some use of drugs. Johnson et al. did a study in a, in a, in a San Antonio County jail. And they wanted to see how many a, 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 a population of sexually abused men they asked children, not that they were sexually abused in prison, but sexually abused uh, as, as children. What the correlation was between that and between um, actual um, actual drug use, and one in one point one seven. So fifty nine percent out of a hundred men. They had a hundred men and fifty nine percent. Right, and that's. The men that would say they've been sexually abused. There's probably a lot more that aren't saying they were sexually abused. Less than 10% of child sexual abuse is even reported to the police. And that's according to the Megan Law and Crime Victim Center. So just imagine. Let's just for for let's just use one in six, just for an average, okay? I, I, I know it's way more than that. That's with only 10%. That's all you know. Ten, only 10% of the cases are reported. So you can imagine the amount of people that are being sexually abused. 80% of men that have been sexually abused have a substance abuse history, as reported by the Mental Health Association and New York State Incorporated. And then children are most vulnerable between the ages of 8 and 12. And mine happened when I was 12. And that's because that's a very influential time in their life. There's a lot going on. A lot of changes biologically happen in their life. If you want to know more about my story, go to CourageousHealers.org. And I got my stories there on the front page, on the front, um, front of it. Along with several other stories. And uh, that comes from Megan's Law and Crime Victim Center. Okay, so who are the perps? All right. Who are the perps? And this again, I'm talking about sexual abuse. 93% of juvenile sexual assault victims know their perpetrator. 93% know them. 34.2% of perpetrators were family members and 58.7% were acquaintances. And only 7%, 7% were strangers to the victim. And that comes from Megan's Law. Lost my place here. Megan's Law and Crime Victim Center. Offenders were overwhelmingly male, ranging in age from adolescent to elderly. 
National Center of Crime for Crime of Victims. Okay. Overwhelming male ranging in age from adolescence to elderly. Okay. Nearly 70% of child sex offenders have, be, have between one and nine victims, and at least 20% have 10 to 40 victims. One victim's too many, one to nine's definitely too many, and anything above that's just absolutely unacceptable. Well, it's all unacceptable, right? Have 10 to 40 victims, um, and that comes from what offenders tell us, child abuse and neglect, uh, from Elliot M. Brown, Kilcoin J, uh, 1995. An average, average serial molester may have as many as 400 victims in his lifetime. So, if you go back to the first the statistic I gave you, 93% of juvenile assaults victims know the perpetrator. I hope you know who you're leave, leave, leaving your children with. I hope you really know them well. Okay, and because 93%, 93% is a big number. And this is the one that gets people. It is estimated that women are the abusers in about 14% of cases reported. A lot of people don't believe that women can be... Um, Molesters, or they can be the perps, but they can. And I, I've, I've listened to men that have been abused by women as kids, and it's devastating what it's done to them. You want to, you want to watch so many men hate women. Here's one of the reasons. One of the reasons. And most men who molest little boys. Now, for those of you who are out there saying. They're gay, and I believe me, I've had, <laughs> I've had guys sit there and insist the only way they're going to molest people is if they're gay. They're gay. They're gay. And they're not gay, right? Most men who molest little boys are not gay. Only twenty-one percent of child molesters that that were studied who assault little boys were exclusively homosexual. Only twenty-one percent. Nearly 80% of the men who molested little boys, check this out, were heterosexual or bisexual, and most of these men were married and have children of their own. All right? So you kind of get over this false belief that just because they molest somebody, it means that they're gay. It has nothing to do with sex. You've got to understand that. It's all about having power all about power, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual or sexual, it's all about having power over that victim as a way to coerce them into doing what they want when they want them to do it. It's scary. It's why women have a hard time getting in healthy relationships. It's why men have a hard time staying in healthy, getting and staying in healthy relationships. It's probably one of the biggest causes of, ma of marriage failures, unaddressed, um, unresolved childhood traumas like this. It, it, we carry it into our future. And as we carry it, because we, def we, 
we develop these innate survival skills. I believe God gives us these innate survival skills that we learn as a young child, and they work. They, that's how we protect ourselves the best we can. And as we grow older, those skills, survival skills, get honed, and they get better. Well, they get better, but by getting better, it makes us worse. So we have to we have to find a way to not be pushing this stuff underneath the rug. Look for the signs. If you go to the, my website, CourageousHears.org, I believe I have a page on there. It's got all the signs of, of you know to look for that is a strong possibility that a child is being abused in some way, shape, or form. It's not 100% that they are, but it's a definite thing that you need to look at. Let's, let, let's, as America, let's quit talking about all the problems without coming up with a solution for it, a viable solution that we're going to follow through with, right? And we're going to start helping these kids get the help that they need. One thing that I'm really tired of is, and is we have to talk about the issues. We have to talk about the problems. I understand that. But let's not talk about them unless we're going to talk about the solution. I mean, that's just the way I, the way I see it. That's the way of America. Well, we've got all these issues, so we'll talk about them. And then we'll do nothing about it. We need to start doing stuff about it. Start becoming proactive. Believe me, I understand how hard it is to get this, this, this point across. I've been doing this for 10 years now, 11 years now. It's not, this isn't easy to talk about, let alone not having somebody, you know, to say, hey, let's do this together. Let, let's really put a push on this, all right? I don't have a political agenda. I have a human agenda. I want to see people get healthy and get better. That's, that's my number one agenda. I want them to have, I didn't think that I could ever, ever have a good life. I was in such a dark hole, such a dark state of mind. When I, when I entered treatment in 2006, how is this going to work? How am I ever going to become a better person? How am I ever going to be free of all this stuff that's, that's got me so bonded up in a dark world? Yeah, I was successful. It was the facade I had. So when you saw me, all you saw was success. But you didn't see the pain I was carrying underneath. How many people do you know that are doing that? I guarantee you more than you think. So, go to my website, CourageousHeroes.org. There's some information on there. Um, you can also get my book, Healing the Wounded Child Within. Healing the Wounded Child Within. On Amazon, that's a paperback, Kindle, and uh, Audible. My 30-day devotion of the wholeness is in Kindle and paperback. And my 7-day challenge is in paperback. And they are all on Amazon. You can get them directly there. And I believe there's a link on my website as well to go to take it right to Amazon. Excuse me. So I'm going to continue these conversations. Each week will be a dip, different subject around with uh, Prevent Child Abuse Month. Just helping you to understand, to educate you what it is, how it affects people, and how we can heal from it. It's really important that like I say, I'm saying, let's not talk about it unless we have a solution, but I want to talk about the solution in my book, that Healing the Wounded Child Within, 
Um, yeah, it's my story, but it's a book of hope and healing. It's not. I've read a lot of books on sexual abuse, and I have to put them down because they, they're they're just they trigger me, and I can't. I mean, they're they're really dark, and it, that's all it is. So my book, um, Healing the Wounded Child Within, talks about hope and healing in there. And there's several chapters. There's 13 chapters, and just different subjects, different things I had gone through, and how I had to walk through them. Okay, and I'm right now in the process of putting on paper um, to write another book to how do we really heal. Okay, so I hope to catch you on the next episode again for this next month. Um, they're going to be around the child for child for uh, child abuse prevention. There's going to be a couple bonuses thrown in there um, that I had planned anyways, but every Monday you can catch catch us here about the child abuse, okay? So remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, remember that Randy does, and more importantly, more importantly, God does. Be blessed, everybody, and have a great day, evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you're at in the world listening to this. Love you all. Be good. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. <laughs>